0: We we are back. Welcome to the fadeaway with Dion Thomas and Eric Schmidt. And we can't ask you to join us in the post today. Maybe join us on the mound or on in the, the box. Diamond. On the diamond. We got a big welcome to today's guest, University of Illinois head baseball coach Dan Hartlib. The Illini team is one of several teams this spring at the university that are having a lot of success right now, Dion.
1: And Well, and that's what we all want. I mean, being Illini fans, ourselves being alum, we always want the best for the
0: Orange. Well, they are winners of five in a row as of today's conversation they're sitting in third place in the Big Ten ranked number 25 in one poll are you guys as high coach as 18 I saw you guys are kind of bouncing around in a couple polls we are we've
2: bounced around uh as high as 12 in one poll this year uh been in and out of the rankings uh th- this is a team that that uh, deserves to be ranked very very good team and solid in a lot of areas
0: well you guys have the midseason player of the year in Bren Spillane Coach Hartlib in his twenty eighth season on the Illinois coaching staff and his thirteenth as the head coach. Huge congrats in order, Coach, for winning your four hundredth game this past weekend. That is a tremendous accomplishment.
2: Well, it's uh, it's quite an honor. Uh, you know, it just shows we've had great players here at the university and you know, we've had very very good support. Uh, you know, as I told people, I, I get the W's and the L's as far as next to my name, but. I mean, there are so many people involved. First of all, it's about the players and, and what they've done and, and how hard they've worked and their accomplishments. I've had great assistant coaches. Uh, the support staff here is unbelievable. You know, We, we have great people in academics, uh, sports information, uh, strength and conditioning, uh, our athletic trainers. I mean, it, it's not one person. It's, an, it's a group, and we have a, a group that's worked together for a long time. And has done just a tremendous job. So, you know, I've been very, very blessed, and and uh, you know, the the honors for everybody, not just myself.
1: You know, coach, when we we look at you, not what you've just done as a as a coach, but what you've done as a player. You know, I coached in that in that Grac. How'd you like coming up out of John Logan?
2: <laughs> now, now you're going back a number of years. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was I was really fortunate. I, I'd been recruited by a couple of Division one schools, and I was a catcher that that was really good defensively. I could throw. That that's how you know I made it uh, throughout my career because I, I had a good arm. Uh, I wanted to go somewhere where I could get some at bats because I, I was, uh, I guess, offensively challenged. <laughs> you, could, you could say, and I was actually uh, the first player uh, to to be recruited out of district and out of state at John A. Logan. Uh, they're now the one of the top, if not the top, program in the country for uh, players moving out of their program into Division I schools. Uh, very fortunate. My son's going to actually be playing there next year. Oh, wow. uh, but I had such a great experience. I uh, have great friends uh, from down there. Uh, my former coach, Jerry Halstead, is going to be inducted into the uh, Junior College Hall of Fame this year, which is well-deserved. Uh, he just built an unbelievable program uh it was a very very tough conference it continues to get better and then uh leaving john a logan i ended up at southern uh you know it's right next door basically in a neighboring community and uh itch jones had an opportunity to see me play and and so that's where i started my career and without that step i wouldn't be where i'm at today
1: so coming out of and i actually had the, the, the pleasure of beating um well, being in that grack and knowing the the level of talent that they turn out, not just on the diamond, not just on the basketball court, but overall, and having, of course, lived down there and, and played against Southern and know people from there, what was the philosophy that you took from those early days that are helping you right now with what you're doing today?
2: Well, first of all, I was surrounded by great people, and you learn uh, things from your teammates and, and your coaches and your instructors um, you know i i just the, the thing that that i think is so important is your chemistry and the type of people you're around and we've eliminated some guys over the years that that uh, you know weren't good team players or or you know were selfish and and didn't want to do things the right way and so there was a standard of excellence that was set for us uh, at John A Logan at Southern Illinois and those are things that that you know, I learned were very, very important for you to win at a high level. Uh, so I would say that the people uh, and, and then the foundations that were set, uh, you know, Jerry Halstead, I mentioned before, uh, there, there's, you know, his demeanor was something that, that I learned uh, was very important, just the way he carried himself and handled players. You know, and then I was very, very fortunate to not only play for, but coach with Itch Jones. So I was with him 19 years. And uh, you know, one of the top coaches in college baseball history, one of the winningest coaches in college baseball history, and uh, one of the best men that you'll ever meet.
0: What did you learn from him? I know you you played for him at Southern, and then uh, came to the well. You coached with him for a couple of seasons there, and then when he came to the University of Illinois, you moved over with him. Uh, what were some of the lessons that you you got from a Hall of Famer like him?
2: Well, first of all. From a baseball standpoint, uh, you know, he's forgotten more things than I know. And it was really interesting. The, The first year that I was promoted to head coach, he would not come to the games. He came out for about three innings when his son wanted to come one day. And, uh, and I kept calling itch. I'm like, itch, would you just go to the games? And he's like, no, it's your program. I don't want people, you know, think I'm looking over your shoulder. And I told him, I said, itch, when I screw something up, I don't want to rehash it. I just want to call you and say, Hey, what I screw up? Or why, <laughs> what should I have done differently? Uh, but you know, just from a baseball standpoint, uh, again, one of the great baseball minds, one of the great clinicians, uh, everything that he did was very, very sound, yet very simple, uh, great communicator, uh, but the thing I would say that I learned most from him is being able to separate your your work life and your personal life. Uh, you know, to his entire career, he would go home and, and they wouldn't talk about baseball in their home. Uh, there's, there was that distinct separation. And those are things that I still try to do. Uh, my, my wife thinks I don't trust her all the time because... I won't tell her things, and it just comes down to the fact that when I'm home, I want that to be my my family life, and it's not about Illinois baseball. Uh, Illinois baseball has been very, very good to myself and our family, but uh, I want a life away from baseball, and those are things that I learned from Mitch. He's an unbelievable individual. I still talk to him uh, on a regular basis. I get texts from him all the time, got one right before we went on the air, and uh, we're actually going to have lunch tomorrow, uh, our family. So, uh, you know, just uh, an unbelievable person. And I wanted to know, how much have things changed since you started coaching Illinois? You know, there's a lot of things that have changed. Uh, you know, society's changed. And, mm-hmm. you know, some some things are better. Some things, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure have trended in the right direction. Uh, I think, you know, the way players are handled uh, back when I was playing was much different. Uh, you know, the coaches would come at us on a regular basis and they were really tough on us and uh, if you said anything to your parents, you know, they, they told you to suck it up and, and, uh, and, and get your job done. And uh, it's still the way we Gene and I treat our kids today. Uh, but th- there's, uh, there, there are some kids you can still do that with, and there's some that, uh, you know, just can't handle that type of, uh, of coaching. And so you, you just have to figure out what works best. Uh, I would say the thing that, that I really talk to our guys about a lot and it's something that a lot of guys have to learn is, is they have to learn to be accountable. You know, when things are going well or not going well or, you know, you're not getting something done, it, it comes down to you being accountable and, uh, you know, getting your job done, working to get better, working harder. If you're not playing, we'll do something to, to make yourself better and, and get on the field. You know, not uh, blaming everybody else for things that aren't going well for you. Uh, and so I think that's changed over, over time. Uh, and it's something that, you know, I, I think it's important for us as co- coaches to, to work with the players and help them to understand that. Because, you know, we know once you get in the work world, if you're not accountable, you're not going to be very successful. Uh, if you don't work to get better and work harder, uh, you're not going to, you know, achieve many of your goals. And so... Uh, The the thing that that I think too many coaches lose sight of is that we are in education at the college level and and we need to help our guys uh, not only on the field and on the courts, but help them to grow and and be better people so that when they leave the university, they be highly successful.
1: Well, I love that coach. I mean, I think you nailed it right on the head because I think those are some things that are forgotten um, that we are first educators um, of, of young men in order to make them men. but I'd like to take a look at you know last season was was a little rocky but you've had a big turnaround this season if you had to put your finger on one thing what would that one thing be that that turned it around for you
2: well I'll give you two things uh, first of all going into last year uh, I'd I'd prepared myself to go through a little bit of a rough season but that was by choice because we were going to play a lot of young guys uh, if you look last year, uh, our middle infield were true freshmen. Uh, our Friday and Saturday starters in the in the conference were uh, true freshmen. The majority of the guys we brought out of the bullpen were freshmen, and the ones we brought out of the bullpens that uh, were not freshmen were guys that were inexperienced. And I knew we had very good players. I knew we were very talented. And uh, we just decided that we were going to play guys, uh, gain experience, uh, try to help them mature on and off the field so that we could possibly – you know, have a very good team this year. And so uh, the youth aspect was huge. And then, uh, you know, trying to change the culture a little bit. Um, in 2015, we had an unbelievable culture. In 2016, uh, you know, we went in a, into a, a season where uh, I'm not sure we had great leadership uh, w- within the clubhouse. And then last year, you know, with all the youth, uh, we had one or two guys that did some things very well, some other guys that, you know, were kind of in their own little group, and so we were fragmented. Uh, and then you look at where we're at this year, this group's unbelievable. They get along so well. Uh, it's something that they've worked on uh, extremely uh, hard. Uh, you know, we, we made a couple tough choices and moved some people out of the program. Uh, and so there were some things that uh, we did that were addition by subtraction. Uh, but, again, this group is unbelievable. I, I mentioned that to Brett Moore just sitting here as we were you know, waiting for this interview uh, about how much fun it is to go to the ballpark, uh, how well these guys get along together, and uh, we've got some jokesters on this team. And there's some funny things that happen. Uh, you can say a lot of things to them and some of their comments and the way they jab each other. Uh, it's an absolute riot each and every day.
1: Oh, well, you know, personalities is so important when, you, when you're when you in a team setting and everyone is a piece of the puzzle, you know, so who would be, and, and I guess there's no more, not one piece is more important than another piece because you need all those pieces to make the puzzle. But if you had to take a couple of those pieces out and say these are, are the, the real leaders, or the, the guys, who are your guys on that team that keeps you pointing in the right direction?
2: You know what, Deion, That that's what makes this team so special. Uh, going into this year, uh, I, I was very vocal with our guys and even to the media about the fact that I thought we were talented, but uh, the jury was out on leadership, and uh, I didn't know who our leaders would be. And you know what? We still don't have a leader. We, we have a group that leads, wow. and that's what makes us so special. It's not one guy. It was a group of guys that got together. We went through some adverse things uh, in the fall. Uh, we had something that happened in November that, you know, stays within the team. Uh, and well, it was actually the end of October going into November. Uh, and I'll never forget on uh, Halloween night, uh, I had a group of about 12 guys show up. And we sat in my, uh, in, in my living room for about uh, two hours. And we just talked about a lot of different things. They, they had some questions. Uh, we, we'd had something happen. And, and one of the guys said to me, Coach, we thought we had changed and, and we hadn't. And with what, uh, with what happened to us, uh, we know there's still things we need to do, and, and this is a group that, that's going to get it done. And we sat and we talked for, for about two hours, and we talked about so many different things. And, and they asked me about you know why I made some decisions that I made and, and uh, how it affected things. And I think they walked away understanding that when a coach makes a decision, it's a decision that may affect one person, But it's a decision that's based on an entire group, a group of 35 players, a group of four coaches, and a a group of support people. And that decision has to be best for everybody, not a single individual. And as we talked through things for for those couple hours, uh, I knew after that time that uh, we were heading the right direction. We could be special this year.
1: Wow. I I think that's huge because, you know, in today's game – um, and not just baseball, but basketball. And I think dealing with today's youth, once they have an understanding and that they had that you have their back and their best interests at heart, I think they'll run through a wall for you. Is that what you've seen since you've had this sit down with your with your guys?
2: I, I think they understand that you know it, it's uh, when you're in a leadership role, you're a loner a lot of times. Yeah, you know, it's just part of it. Uh, you're not going to make everybody happy. And when, when guys understand that you're, you're truly making decision that's best, decisions that are best for the group and that they're thought out, it uh, doesn't mean you always make the right decision. But you're trying to make the, a very good decision that affects the group in a positive manner and they trust you and they believe in what you're doing. Um, I think you have a chance to, to move forward. And, uh, you know, this group, uh, you know, they're not afraid to ask me questions. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting. Young players come into a program, the majority of them won't even talk to you. They're scared to death of you. You know, it's, it's like uh, you're the principal of school, and every time they walk by, they think if they say something to you, they're going to be put into detention or get a swat or something. And as guys mature a little bit, and, and they, uh, they'll just say hi to you every day, and then it leads to a conversation once every other week. And then the next thing you know, you can't shut them up. Uh, when you can't shut them up, it's a good thing because you know they're comfortable. And, and there is that line in the sand. You know, you're not their buddy. But when they know they can communicate with you and they can, they can talk to you and joke and uh, do things in the right manner, then you've got a chance to really move forward as a group. And, and this group has done a great job of that.
0: You know, baseball is more than just one player, of course. Um, You guys do have some experience because of last season and a little bit more depth because of some of the transfers that come in. But I want to ask you about one player in particular that I think you guys have leaned on quite a bit, and Brent Spillane. He is, uh, for those that don't know, the midseason player of the year in the NCAA. And he went into last weekend leading the nation, leading the nation in slugging, second in batting average, and home runs. Coach, did you ever expect this out of him coming into his junior season?
2: Hey, I haven't seen an athlete like this since I saw Dion out on the court, <laughs> dominating everything.
1: Oh well, you got to appreciate that. I, I mean, he has put up some tremendous numbers.
2: Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. Um, I, I've never seen a, a baseball player do what he's done. Uh, you know, as I as I've said before, and I told him at the beginning of the year, uh, the, the first the first weekend, I thought he was playing like a deer in headlights. And, and I was tough on him I, I, I called him out uh, well not not in front of everybody but I went head to head with him and, and it was a one-way conversation uh, <laughs> and I just told him you know he's a guy that could be dominant and, and dominant uh, at the national level and, and he's you know he's one of the best physical players in the country mm-hmm. and as soon as he started believing that then you know he, he could carry the team and I told him I didn't expect him to carry the team but that's the type of talent that he had. And to his credit, he didn't pout. He, he just stepped up. The next weekend he went off and, you know, he continued to, to get better and better and better. Uh, he, he's an unbelievable person, a uh, special individual, uh, has been through a lot of things in his life, lost his dad, uh, you know, over a period of time watching him, him uh, deteriorate uh, actually in their home, laying in a hospital bed. Uh, great. Uh, he's a great son. Has done a lot for his mother. Uh, came in uh, very mature as an individual, uh, did not trust himself as a baseball player. He's matured over the last two years. And, and now, you know, with his work ethic and what he's done uh, from a mental standpoint to continue to improve uh, the way he treats his teammates, just I mean, he's an unbelievable person, unbelievable player, and I've never seen anything like it with the tear he's gone on. He's got more power than anybody we've ever had here at the university since I've been here. We've had some pretty good players.
0: Who are some of the other guys that you've been leaning on this season, or not leaning on, but um, who's really stepped up this season for you guys?
2: Boy, the, the, the thing that makes us so good is from uh, top to bottom of our lineup uh, on a regular basis, everybody's on base sometimes it's hitting sometimes it's walking sometimes getting hit by a pitch they all find ways on base and that's what makes us special you know i've told a lot of people we're not great anywhere but we're really good everywhere uh our middle infielders uh with uh, troike and massey uh in my opinion are the top uh, middle middle infield combo in the country i mean you're not going to find a, a better group than them uh our outfielders uh with uh We've got, uh, Jack Yalowitz, We've got Turchin. Um, we've got Taylor. Those guys could all play center field. A lot of people don't even have one center fielder. We basically have three, uh, our two corner players, uh, with Brent Spillane and, and, uh, uh, Grant Vanskoy have done a great job. We're, we're solid behind the plate, uh, with, uh, with all of our catchers, uh, the, uh, Jeff Court has, has come in and kind of taken the starting role, but, uh, uh, David Cron does a great job late in the game if we need a pinch runner, and then, you know, good defensive arm back there. Uh, Michael Mitchellak is, or I'm sorry, Mahalik has done a great job from a uh, a uh, DH standpoint. I can't pick one person out because every game is somebody <laughs> different. And if you go back and look at the box scores and look at the percentage of games that everybody's been on base at least one
1: time, we have to lead the nation in that area. Uh, that's amazing. You've done a great job at protecting the home court, coach, the home field. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a You could <laughs> say, it's all right. I got it. <laughs> But when you, when you look at the team, the team is doing a great job at the plate. But where you've stood out really is defensively. I mean, you're one of the teams that has the fewest errors, not just in the Big Ten, but in the country. Is that something you put an emphasis on, coach? Well, the defensive portion is so,
2: uh, so so important. And there, there's a combination of things that uh, happen with the defensive side. First of all, you have to have good pitching. And, and we've got uh, a group of pitchers that have done an outstanding job. Uh, the back end of our bullpen has been unbelievable uh, with, with Thompson and Gerber. They're as good as anybody in the country. Uh, and so when, when balls aren't being hit like rockets each and every time, it uh, makes uh, the defensive side a little bit easier. But if you look at our athleticism, uh, our speed, our feet, uh, arm strength, uh, the fact that we're so strong uh, up the middle with our shortstop and second-base positions, you know it, it's just a special group. And uh, every time a ball's hit, I expect it to be caught, and when it's not, uh, I'm sitting over there antsy thinking, gosh, they should have gotten there. And, and uh, sometimes I forget that uh, you know we are one of the best defensive teams in the country. We probably aren't going to get to every ball that's hit.
1: Yeah, you talk about defense and you mentioned pitching. Uh, Ryan Thompson right now is doing his thing for you.
2: Yeah, Ryan's uh, really improved since last year. Uh, you know, he started off uh typical freshman, struggled through some things uh, towards the end of last year, uh, was very, very good. Uh, you know, I, I would say he went through uh, a period where, you know, he, he didn't trust himself, probably very nervous going out there. Some things that happen when you're young. And then uh, went out this summer and scuffled a little bit. Came back in the fall and worked to get better. And then uh, stepped into this season. And it has been unbelievable. Uh, you know, he he's a great setup man for us. Uh, he's got a very very good arm. Uh, got a great cutting action on every pitch that he throws. So it's a little bit different than, than you see from most pitchers. And and uh, it's it's you know been something that's been very very successful or helped us uh, and him be very very successful.
0: We're uh, talking mid-April for those listening, Coach. Have you identified that major donor to help you build a dome down there for this wind- <laughs> weather we've had? How is uh, how is the weather impacted? How you've been able to manage this season? Dion told me he was donating. <laughs> coach, I got you. <laughs> got it. Got a boy.
1: I, yeah, I go have to help you go find some piece of real dollars. But whatever I got to do, I got you.
2: <laughs> you know, it's like I told Mark Johnson a number of years ago, and he was our wrestling coach. You know, he's. He's a guy that will just pick you up and throw you down if he doesn't like what you say. And I just told him, you know, baseball players are so much tougher. And, this I, I got to tell you, we're tougher than you guys that play all these indoor sports. We're outside. You guys are inside climate control. Wrestlers are on mats. They wear, like, these little lingerie-type things with earmuffs. <laughs> you know, we, we're we out there freezing all the time. Uh, it, it, this this uh, spring has been unbelievable. I've never experienced uh, the, the amount of – Bad weather that we've had. We've had really cold, uh, cold days. Uh, we've had uh, three Sundays in a row now where we've had snow accumulation. Uh, but our guys, you know, they just go out and play. They, they want to play. They've worked hard. Uh, nobody enjoys being in the cold weather, but we haven't let that affect us. Uh, these guys understand that both teams are playing out there. And what I always tell them, and this is a true statement. When you
1: win, it's warmer. <laughs> <laughs> you got a great point there. But I got to say something here, Coach. I, I agree with you playing outside. You know, you guys have have to deal with a lot of elements. But you know I was a baseball player first. Well, I, that's why I
2: like you, Deion. There you go, Coach. <laughs> I, I, you, got I, that, I, you got that toughness, <laughs> too. You got that
1: edge. <laughs> you know, I put one of the tweets out there. I saw I was congratulating the guys and, and saying some things, and, I, I said, you know, coach, I'm, I'm here if you need me. I still have baseball eligibility left. I, I don't know if you want a 47 year old guy on the team, but, you, you know, no, I'm here. I got your back if you need me, coach.
2: Well, I think you ought to come <laughs> to practice someday. You can throw a little BP. I'll throw to you. We'll, we'll see what you got left. In-
0: right, hey, that sounds good to me. <laughs> you put the six foot nine guy on the mound, that'd be a nice uh, equalizer for you. <laughs> Hey, at least I look intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We'll, we'll get a, we'll get a pair of pants that are long enough for you. There you go. <laughs> but there'll be knickers on him. It's fine. It'll be the new look for us. Go, it. it's, go old, school, old, old school, but get the high socks and the knickers, baby, for sure. <laughs> Coach, we'll, we'll wind Absolutely. things down. I know you've got things to do, but we you know we have a lot of kids that listen to us, and I know Coach or uh, Deion is is interested in in kind of getting the sense of what you guys are looking for out of kids coming out of high school that want to play at the college level. What are some of the things that you look for? What are some, what's some of the advice you give high school kids to be successful at this level?
2: Well, there, there's a number of things that you look for, and some some things you can control, and some things you can't. Uh, you know, some of the God given abilities. Uh, as far as arm strength and running speed. And some of those things are, are things that you, you can't control. You can work to make them better. Um, the, the two things that I talk to our players about on a regular basis, as far as the things you control, uh, are your attitude and effort. And every time we, we go to the ballpark and or talk to people about given recruits, it's, you know, what kind of attitude? Are they a good team player? Mm. Uh, do they communicate well and, and get along with their teammates? And how hard do they work? You can have all the God-given ability in the world, but if you don't work hard and you don't have a good attitude, uh, it's, it's not going to uh, go well for you. And, you know, I talked about it earlier with the accountability. Uh, be accountable for your actions. Do the right things. And, you know, you have to do a great job in the classroom so that you uh, create a lot of opportunities for yourself, uh, not only for college but beyond. Uh, you know, play hard, have fun. The thing that I've always said with my own children uh you know work hard uh listen to the coach so that you can improve and the bottom line is if if we can do a good job with young players and they leave the ballpark or a court or whatever smiling uh, we know they're going to come back the next day and so uh, push people hard uh, push yourself hard as a young athlete understand that people care about you when they're pushing you and uh enjoy it and, and and come back the next day and work hard to get better.
1: And one last question, Coach, along those same lines is, like Eric mentioned, the kids. We have some parents that listen, and, and you know, you're out there, you see them. We have some parents that are teaching and, and trying to um, instill in kids or teach them baseball and teach them different things and that may be playing multi-sports. Would you, what would you say to those parents that are that are out there in order for them to help their kids continue to develop?
2: Well, there's a couple of things that I truly believe in. Number one, I think uh, I think athletes should play multiple sports. I, I do not like when when Thank you. uh, young people only play one sport. Uh, you, you don't become as good an athlete. You don't develop all the different muscle groups. So, I, I really encourage young people to, to play uh, multiple sports all through high school. And then from a, a parent standpoint. Um, you know, we, we want to help our, our kids, and we want them to be successful. But uh, the, the, the player themselves is the one that, that needs to have that drive. Uh, you know, we can give them opportunities. I've always used this analogy uh, as we talk about or as I talk to parents and, and go into high schools or, or youth league situations. Uh, as a parent, you're there to support and to cheer. Uh, You let the the umpires and the referees do their job and call the game, and you let the coaches coach. But what happens so many times is parents will be sitting in the stands uh, or, you know, on the side of the court, and and this is the, the analogy. How many times have we been on our cell phone, your child's trying to talk to you, and your spouse is trying to talk to you at the same time? And we get frustrated when that happens, and we don't know what's going on in any of the three conversations. Yet we turn around, we do that to our own kids when they're playing. The coach is trying to tell them to do something. Their teammates are trying to tell them to do something. And as parents, we're trying to coach from the stands. And all we're doing is frustrating our kids. You know, support, let the coaches coach, uh, you know, be be a, a very supportive parent. But don't go overboard. The bottom line is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give them the opportunity to get better by getting them good coaching. Uh, and then we need to just support and we want them to enjoy it. Uh, if we put pressure on them as parents, they're not going to enjoy it. They're not going to want to go back and play. They're not going to play at a high level.
0: You, uh, I, I coach my son's 10-year-old team. I'm glad to hear you say multi-sports is the way to go. There's, um, I think we're seeing more of that lately because with my Comcast work doing high schools, more and more coaches are starting to say that as opposed to the past 20 years. But I'm going to give a plug to Positive Coaching Alliance real quick because it kind of gets into what you were saying. And, and they had a little one-sheet. PDF, And they said, ask your student athlete at home, have them rank why they play the sports. And it was everything from making new friends to competing to learning a game. It was geared towards younger kids. And so I actually had my son fill it out about a year ago. And the thing he waited, one of the top two things he put on there was to get a college scholarship. So of course I asked him if he knew what a college scholarship was and he said no so I think we've <laughs> skewed the results a little bit but uh, I'll be sure to send him your way coach uh, you got about uh, 10 more years for that but
2: <laughs> well, I-
0: I'm not sure I got 10 more years <laughs> <in here. laughs> I think you definitely do Definitely do. Coach, thank you so much for the time. We're going to let you run. Uh, good stuff again. Congrats on such continued success. That 2015 team was amazing. 27 wins in a row, a school record 50 wins. You guys, it was such a fun team to watch. And, and you mentioned the, uh, the camaraderie and the leadership on that team and how well they got along. And it, it was evident watching that team play. Uh, and again, congrats on that 400th victory. That's amazing. Oh, good yeah. luck to the rest of the way. As hot as your team is, that top of the Big Ten's playing just as well. I know Minnesota and Indiana are streaking. Michigan is one seventeen in a row. At least you're going to see the Hoosiers and Wolverines in the next three weeks. White Whitecrows, absolutely. Looking forward to those contests. Uh, you know, you, you've got to play the best
2: to, to be the best, and we'll go out there and we'll do a good job. Play extremely hard, and and I know our guys will lay it on the line.
0: As always, thanks to Painless Networking, the Painless Podcast Network, and Chris Hartwig. If you're someone who's in the sports world or you aspire to be in it, get connected with Painless Networking on social media or at www.painless.network. And finally, the FadeAway social media. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to it. We'd love for you to rate and review it as well. It helps others to find us, to find Dion and myself, even though you have to find Dion in a crowd because he stands above it. Thank you for stepping into the box with us today for Dion Thomas and myself. Meet you down low on the next FadeAway.